What's going on, bingers, and welcome back. It's that time again for another little binge on Buffalo, and I'm your host, A.Y., and I got my good friend, Graham, here. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm awesome, man. I'm glad to be back on the mic with you. I'm ready to binge on. What's up, man? Man, we got a lot of news coming out of the Buffalo media organization here, and why don't you fill in our fans about what's going on with the marketing department, man? So three heads of the marketing department this past week just up and left or the past couple of weeks just up and left that's crazy at pse pagulas have been dealing with something like this all off season and you know with the sabers organization now it's leaking over in just the overall media relations and marketing yeah it's it's crazy so the vice president resigned two weeks ago the marketing coordinator followed shortly after and then the marketing manager is on the club's directory, but her last day was this past week. And it really probably, you know, it's not normal that you have something like this happen, not just in general, but like now with the COVID going on, like this is kind of like a a statement. Like, hey, this kind of sucks working here right now. Yeah, I don't really understand what is going on at Pagula Sports Entertainment. There's just a lot of speculation going on around what, what what's really happening. Yeah, but it's just kind of really really odd that you would just up and quit your job in the middle of the pandemic not even that you know this is three weeks before season start for the buffalo bills this is a big hole to fill for the pagulas going forward and honestly i just don't understand how they're even gonna be moving forward there's a lot of like priorities they have like i said they've already had issues with the sabers organization they're trying to fill those holes yep uh there's just a lot that they have to do and fix and Three weeks before the season, that's a big hit for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and like you were saying, man, it's it's going to be hard to fill those spots, especially with just two weeks now before yeah. the beginning of the season. You really need a marketing department. Yeah. Especially with no fans being in the in the stadium, you're going to have to be doing everything you can to market this team still. Absolutely. You mean you got to sell the tickets when they're when they're going to allow people to come in. You got to you got to keep everybody's mind fresh on this team. And we've already seen how hard it is to get players into the teams, into the organizations, going through all these tests just to pass and say that they're they're COVID free. Imagine trying to hire like 50 to 100 people now for marketing. You got to still do all these tests. There's a whole bunch of regulations. I think this is a headache and I hope it doesn't leak into the it doesn't trickle effect down into the teams themselves. Yeah, it's just crazy, too, because Pagula Sports Entertainment has so much on their plate as far as what they need to market they have the bills the sabers they got the bandits they got the the americs they got the nighthawks yep um it's it's crazy man i mean this is a big money thing right here and you know like we've stated before three weeks out before the football season this is a big hole to fill and i hope like i said just no trickle effect and they can figure this out yeah man the other one that was kind of uh, alarming to me was chris brown did you hear what happened to him i did i heard that he's suspended now because he opened his mouth about some things he shouldn't have been talking about apparently because of the new media guidelines that, that the bills have with uh having no real preseason games or anything like they have to kind of keep things hush hush right yeah it's, it's something along there there's a lot more strict uh regulations going on around the league themselves uh, you just can't really talk about position battles. You can't talk about position groupings or, you know, you, you just really can't give any information about who's lining up where you can give a general statement like D line, O line, but you can't say specific areas. Right. So so you can't say like, uh, like AJ Epinesa's lining up at the right end or the left right. end or. And apparently that, that was one of the main things he said was that AJ was lining up at the left end position. And that's something that the Pagulas are saying. You cannot tell other teams where we're lining up our guys because we can't have fans in there. This is this is a totally strict new media regulation. And it's just kind of alarming because this dude's been there since 2006. Yeah. You know, he and, just and, he just got signed to the One Bills live show. Yep. 
and then a month in and he's suspended he's out basically like i don't i'm wondering if this is going to give him kind of like a salty taste in his mouth i would dude i'd be mad because this is this is what caused the media and the marketing group organization to to just volunteer to leave was that the communication between pagulas and them and there's a lot of animosity in there apparently they've kept it hush hush to the average fan Mm -hmm. but apparently there's a lot going on upstairs in this organization yeah it's kind of scary i would say but i I don't know man i just hope the morale doesn't get shook by chris brown because honestly after the departure of murph and murphy you know leaving one bill's live hearing that consistent voice over the years chris brown's been the consistent bills reporter since 2006 i really i like his notes i like what he says after practices i usually look him up every day just to see what's going on in the bills organization yeah and i mean who do you got left after chris brown you got Pretty much just Sal Capaccio is is the guy. Yeah. Steve Tasker, Maddie Glab, which I'm not gonna lie, the the show itself, One Bill's Live, was already hurting, in my opinion, with the departure of Murph. And yep, you know, I agree with you. Chris Brown was actually kind of like the best part of that show to me. Not yeah, that, once they once they figured it out and signed him to yeah. to do One Bill's Live. It's yeah. not that I don't like Steve. It's just you can tell Steve isn't like a podcast entity really. Like he he's a really good complimentary anchor. Yes. Like Murphy would lead it and then Tasker was good because he was the former player. He could give you the in-depth look of the player's mind. Yes. And Murphy was just a great outside analyst and could like really figure out how to control the conversation. And this has just been a wish wash ever since Murph left. And I hope they can figure it out because Brown, like I said, was probably the highlight of that show to me. Yeah, it, it got better once they figured out that Chris Brown was going to be ta- Steve Tasker's co-host. Yep. But I agree with you, man. Like that show has been hurting since John Murphy left. Chris Brown was the highlight once they figured that out. And now with Maddie Glab, guys like Lorenzo Alexander coming on and helping out former other former players, um, a guy from NFL Network Network yep. coming on every now and then to help Steve Tasker out. It just doesn't seem like it's organized anymore and it doesn't seem like it's got that same panage. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you, man. And I like I said, I hope he just doesn't come back with any animosity. I hope he understands like, hey, these are just the regulations. I I push the button on it. Now, um, do you think he's coming back? Yeah, they said he'll probably be back before week one or, you know, after week one. So it's it's within a three week span here, I think, what we're looking at with Chris Brown returning to the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Uh hopefully no animosity and he comes back with the right mind and he just loves his job still because we need Chris Brown here. He, yeah. He's a good voice to have in that locker room. Now, do you think Maddie Glab would be able to hold her own with Steve Tasker consistently? I think it's just a lot, you know? Like Maddie yeah. Maddie is also a team reporter. Yep. I mean, Steve Tasker's only job is to show up at three o'clock or t- noon till three and talk Buffalo sports. Maddie's got to report on the team plus talk. You're asking a lot. It's like a 15, 16 hour day every day, right? If not more for an individual. So Chris Brown and Maddie were probably, you know, helping each other out with reporting stories and stuff like that. And I think it's just a lot to ask for two people to take control of. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. I just, I just feel like Maddie Glab. I don't know what it is about listening to her and Steve Tasker talk, but I just have no interest in the conversation. Right. I don't know. I don't understand why, really. I think it's just because we grew up, you know, for 12, 13 years listening to Murphy, you know, and just hearing that consistent voice. He is the voice of the Buffalo Bills. That's why he's still right. doing game day and everything else. So we'll see how it pans out. Hopefully they can just figure out this marketing issue and figure out Chris Brown and everybody comes back and they can tackle this as as a whole, as a one Buffalo. Uh, but. With there being media restrictions, we had the scrimmage last week, and a lot of information's coming out of there, man. A lot of information. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, Josh Allen apparently is looking pretty freaking good. See, that's part of what I don't understand is how we're allowed to get this information about how guys are doing in scrimmages. Yep. But Chris Brown's not really allowed to report about guys where guys are lining up. Right. I, I guess it's just like a huge misunderstanding from what I've read. Uh, the reports are that he just overspoke on position battles and opportunity groups, as Sean McDermott puts it. That's why like, there was an article that came out that said, if you haven't noticed, uh, we haven't run a whole lot of articles about position competitions or units because they're just asking the media to be muzzled on it. They mm-hmm. don't they don't want they don't want any extra information for the other teams to, right. be able to use against them. You know, no, fa- no fans are allowed in the stands either. And Brown apparently violated the policy on air last week discussing the rookie wide receivers getting mixed in with the starters, the defensive line rotation and the offensive line. So apparently he just gave out too many positions. And, okay. And. The Pagulas just said we can't we can't have that. We can't have you telling teams where our guys are lining up and whatnot. Just because there's no preseason games and stuff. So it, it's definitely a it's definitely a headache. I'm sure the Pagulas are waking up stressed out every day with everything going on since, you know, before the football camps even started with the Sabres. I mean, they got a lot on their plate and yeah. they got a lot to figure out and they don't really have a lot of time. But yeah, getting back to last week's scrimmage, Josh Allen going 73% completion. I think that's something a lot of people did not expect at all. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. I know people have been knocking him for his completion percentage all summer long, Mm -hmm. saying he's not going to be a true quarterback. The guy's screwing up, but you know what, man? I'm happy that he's throwing for 73%, even if it is against second-string guys. Yeah, that's the one thing that needs to be stated is the starting offense played second-string defense and the starting defense played second-string offense. But yeah, 300 yards on the day. and I think. That goes back to the personnel we had last year. I don't think would have been this good against the second stringers themselves. No, I agree with you. I think that the addition of Stefan Diggs helps open up the guys like John Brown, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah Hodgins, like the guys that have been working in with the number ones. I think that it's just, yeah, Stefan Diggs opens up a lot. It does. But the fun thing, the funny thing about that is Stefan Diggs actually did not partake in this scrimmage. He, he was out okay. with a lower back soreness. So, like you stated, Gabriel Davis got a chance to step in, and that's that's also where I'm kind of confused because they're saying Gabriel Davis is with the ones in this scrimmage and Chris Brown. You know, it's so it's I don't know. Anyway, Gabriel Davis gets a shot. He takes full advantage of it. He had six catches on the day, and apparently he he laid a great block for John Brown downfield after he made a catch. Okay, so I mean, this kid clearly is just ascending with every single chance he gets with this organization. There's been a lot of news. I understand this is just you know practice against your own team, but. This is a dude who's taken every single opportunity he's got. Right. And we've also heard that the competition this year is higher than it's ever been. Yep. For, uh, according to Micah Hyde. Absolutely. So, and I mean, our, our second string corners aren't even, I would say they're above average. I mean, you still got Taron Johnson, Levi Wallace. Uh, I mean, those are two guys who literally start for us on a regular basis. Right. So the competition is definitely there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to state about Josh is, you know, his first drive went for 75 yards. Second drive went for 85, and then after taking a little intermission as if it was like a halftime, he came back and had a 95-yard drive. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, those are huge drives. These aren't just like, okay, we're starting on the opposing team's 40. Right. You're going 40 yards. He's marching downfield. So it's just, it's good to see because it shows you that Josh put in a lot of work in the offseason with his mechanics, with his decision-making. Brian Dayball said plenty that Josh is showing far better decision making this year than he than where he was last year. Well, it just tells me too that they're running these practices more like a game, yeah, than 
they are situational. Right. Which is nice because obviously we're two weeks out yeah. from the first game. Start. It's time to start getting down to the nitty gritty. They're starting to prep for the Jets now, and it's exciting. Like you can see it. Yeah. They're they're, they're starting to kind of figure out who's going to be doing what this year. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And obviously, the other receivers on this team are pretty much cemented into their role here in Buffalo. One being Cole Beasley, him and Josh Allen. Their chemistry apparently was on full display along with John Brown and Josh. So that's something we definitely expected going into this. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They had great chemistry last year. It's just transitioning real well into this yep. year. And and everybody's saying they're feeling healthier. Cole, John. Uh, so it's really nice to see Josh Allen getting his mechanics in, in shape and making good decisions. And you know, seventy three percent is is no joke, regardless of who you're playing, because it's still full speed. It's eleven right. on eleven. That's a good stat line. Uh, the other guys that really jumped out to me from the camp notes were. Singletary apparently is stepping up in the pass game. and I, uh, I saw a video of him getting a screen pass out of the backfield mm-hmm. and taking it in for a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely, Graham. I saw the same video, and they're saying that his biggest issue last year was just pass blocking, and you know his size had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Uh, but they're saying that he stepped up this past scrimmage here and showed that he's willing to step in front of these linebackers blitzing through the gap. Yeah, and I mean, it's also rookies having to learn – pass blocking schemes in the NFL and yeah. it, it always takes some time to figure it out and it's good to hear that he's actually doing really well in the pass blocking game I mean obviously from last year we see he's a big part of this offense moving forward and he had a lot on his plate last year with you know Frank Gore and aging running back behind him he got the majority of the time second half of the season right but now he's going to be splitting time and we've said this name numerous times on the show Zach Mr. Mouse is looking like a dual threat running back for us. Yeah, Zach Moss is looking real strong, man. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. I saw a couple of videos of him throughout camp so far, him catching some deep balls from Josh Allen on the sideline. Yep. Him catching balls out of the backfield in general, him just bowling through guys at the line of scrimmage. He looks looks like a great compliment to Devin Singletary, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, and one of my favorite quotes he said this year going into the offseason was, if you're going to attack me, it's a business decision. I guess there was a run during the scrimmage where he just got to the second level and completely demolished Dean Marlowe. Like, yeah. Boom, right? Like, just reflected right off of yep. him, you know? Uh, so that's good to see. And a lot like Singletary, not having a lot of information on what he can do out of the backfield in terms of pass catching and everything. Mm-hmm. Moss didn't really have a lot of catches in college. I think he had like 26 catches or right. something like that. Under 30, I know that. And he came in and right off the bat in this scrimmage, he had a 20-yard reception right out of the backfield. So if he can come in and be a dual threat, then this offense is far more advanced than we thought it would be. Right. I 100% agree with you, man. Having two dual threat running backs, especially a guy like Zach Moss that can obviously he can just run through dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It brings a whole different dimension to your offense when he's on the field. Right. And if you can get different setups or you have both of them on the field at the same time, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And I mean they're scary. They're almost opposite. They they're they're actually they're completely opposite. Singletary's our little motor. And that's right. why they call him motor. He jukes around everywhere. He has quick twitch muscles. Zach Moss, like you said, man, he's just going to bowl through people and if they can both catch out of the backfield, you can have so many different screen packages plus the wide receivers you got to cover plus Josh Allen possibly running. It's a lot to worry about. Yeah, for the defense. weapons that Josh Allen has this year look scary. And I know that we've said it before that this offense is going to take a huge step forward this year, hopefully. Yep. I really honestly believe that teams are going to have an extremely hard time stopping this offense. They're definitely going to have to pick and choose who they really want to lock down. Right. And then, you know, just hope that their matchups work out for the best, which it's going to be hard to match up against this team. The only thing that I'm concerned about as far as the offense goes 
is the offensive line. I've heard a couple rumors floating around that they don't really know what they're going to be doing at the right guard position. Have you heard anything about that? They haven't come out specifically with stuff, obviously, for the same reason of the Chris Brown situation. But Brian Winters has been on notice for the wrong reasons, in my opinion, right. in terms of what I've read. Uh, this is a guy who's been in the league. We've talked about it for a while now, uh, played with the Jets. But he's come in, and AJ Epinesa's first week here blew him over. Yep, and I sent you that video yep. uh, outside the show. Yep. But the Bills recently signed another defensive tackle about two weeks ago named Tenzel Smart, and we we touched base on that a little bit in past episodes. But this is another freak athlete. Like This is a guy who's built like Aaron Donald, uh, just hasn't really had a chance to show himself off, showcase yeah. himself. But apparently he was all disruptive in this scrimmage. He was in the backfield five on five different occasions, forcing Josh out of the pocket, but his matchup was Brian Winters. Hmm. Uh, and on one play, he just completely bulldozered him and r- got right in the backfield. So that's that is a question I wanted to bring up to you was, do you think that if Brian Winter, if this keeps happening to him, is are we going to see Cody Ford at the right guard spot? Because they're they're talking very highly of Ty and Secchi right now and his athletic ability, even at 35, that he's he's shutting down the edge right now. So I I would have to say to answer your question that you have to. Yeah, if, if it keeps going the way that it's going with him, man, because. You need to have strong interior linemen to protect the the pocket, right? And to build that pocket, yeah. Everything and, starts up front, right? And if you got guys who are potentially getting bulldozered one out of every twelve snaps or twenty snaps, that's too much, right? You're putting your quarterback you, in jeopardy and everything. I mean, that continuity is huge. We talk about it all the time, but you got to be able to perform, right? Uh, Brian Winters is obviously the new piece in this offensive line, and if you can get and we we spoke very highly of him coming yeah. in, thinking that he's a starter quality guy. He's been starting his whole career for the Jets, and bringing him in was a good move. Yep, but I I don't know, man. I don't know how you get bulldozed by a rookie and then a guy who has been on practice squads his entire career so far. Yeah, definitely, man. And it's something where we have all the depth in the world according to reporters in, in the Bills organization yep. with the offensive line. But I feel like they are actually kind of having a problem on who they want and what place, and that needs to be figured out. And yep. Sean McDermott came out and said he was hoping to have that figured out by, by the end of the last week. Yeah. Well, if Brian Winters is doing this, they're obviously having a hard time finding a replacement for John Feliciano, who's just a freak of an animal in the, in the interior I, line. I really honestly think you have to look into moving Cody Ford inside. Yeah. Yeah, I know that they were talking about it early in camp, how they don't want to try to make him learn two positions like they did last year. Right. They think it'll kind of screw with his development. I think you kind of have to at this point, right? Like, I think, you, like you have to look into it. I think you have to at least try it out. You know, yeah. you got to make sure that the consistency is still going to be there. And if not, then you tried. And the worst that comes is it didn't work and you move on to the next piece. It's definitely something where this offense can be dangerous, but if the offensive line isn't doing its part, it's not going to do anything. We right. can have all the pieces on the outside behind in the backfield, and we won't be able to do anything if they can't protect them. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward in the offseason, getting into the week one matchup here against the Jets. Hopefully the Bills can figure that out before then. Yeah, I hope so, man, because it's, uh, it's going to be definitely a difficult task that they're yeah. going to have week one and throughout the whole season, really. I mean, the Jets have big boys on that Yeah, they do. I mean, if you let any of them in there for free, Josh Allen's in jeopardy. So, But moving on from the offense, I want to get on the defensive side of the ball. We've already touched base a little bit on uh, Tenzel Smart. I'll tell you what, man. Even though they played the second string, we only allowed three points and six possessions, and I think that's huge. So the first string defense only allowed three points. Okay. Yeah. 
And I, I think that's a big plus. You know, last year we were getting picked apart by Matt Barkley at some practices. And mm-hmm. I know this was like his only first real opportunity of camp to, you know, get mass reps and take on the D in a competitive fashion. But, you know, to only hold an offense to three points and six possessions, that's huge. Yeah, dude, it's really, really eye-opening to see what this defense is going to be like this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think that three points on a consistent week-to-week basis is, is going to be where this defense is at. That would be the best defense in the league. I'll yeah, I, I, that, I mean, I've said it time and time again. I think we have the best defense in the league. It's going to be hard I, to cap the showing of the Patriots D last year because they were dominant. I right. mean, they were shutting people down for like nine weeks straight. Uh, but if we can come out and even do half that, we're in, we're in contention for the number one defense, I think, year-round. Somebody that you touched base on a little bit ago in, in prior episodes was Mike Love. And Mike Love had a chance to really showcase his talent in this scrimmage, and he definitely took full advantage of that. Now, I know that we haven't gotten a lot of information on position battles for like defensive end or defensive line in general. Who do you see making this team based on the notes from camp, based on the videos that have been released, based on everything that's out there? Who do you see being the defensive ends this year? Well, honestly, that's a that's a question I don't think I can answer right now, uh, just because there's so much that can still happen. We've got COVID could still strike us at any moment. Right. Uh, trades could happen at any moment. Cap casualties could happen at any moment. Uh, but all I will say is that the Bills are finding a way to make this as competitive as possible and as hard of a decision as they can on themselves and the coaches to make sure that who they get is the right person. And, you know, Mike Love, he suffered a season-ending peck injury last year yep i remember that and he was on fire dude like they, yeah he was probably gonna make the team last year probably over, over um daryl johnson yeah probably and ever since he's been here he's been talked about in in you know preseason yep um but he would have had two sacks in this scrimmage he was going up against you know daryl williams and that's a guy who we think could possibly step in as well on the start line yeah okay um but he he took advantage of his of his opportunity, especially coming off a season ending pack injury. He's got to come out and show far and above anybody just to make the team this year because he wasn't there all last year. Right. But it, it was good to see that Mike Love was was doing his part and getting in the backfield and causing commotion. That that's always good to see. You like to see people succeed, and that's just like the love and and passion that this organization has instilled on not only the players but the fans. We appreciate all of our players. Yeah. Uh, regardless of if they're, you know, just practice squad or not, because, you know, Duke Williams comes off that practice squad and scores that game when he touched on Tennessee and that place went nuts. You know, yeah, you, you heard the Duke, every, yeah you know? everybody's calling for Duke to stay on the team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we fall in love with our players out here, so I, I hope the best for him going forward. But at the end of the whole entire scrimmage, man, defense looks sharp. Offense looks sharp. Starters beat the backups 27 to three in this matchup. That's crazy. And I don't know if that just means we have bad Second stringers, or if our first string is just that far ahead of our second string? I think our first string is just that far ahead. Mm-hmm. I know that you and I have discussed having all the depth in the world at pretty much every position, Yep, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, I would say that the first string is just ready to go. I think I, I think that this is a good sign for things to come with this upcoming year. I'm pumped, man. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't say it enough how excited I am for football to be back, and we're only two weeks out. Yes, sir. The closer we get, man, whoo more exciting it gets yes absolutely i'm just hoping that we can hopefully get to see a game in person this year i believe we will man i have high hopes you know keep praying man i've I've heard that in october they're going to reevaluate and see where we're at and 
and hopefully we'll be able to get in. I think we will. I, I have high hopes for it. Moving on, probably the the second biggest competition battle we had this offseason was the kicking battle between Steven Hauska and Tyler Bass. Yep. And some news came out that we basically know who our kicker is now. Yeah, we parted ways with Steven Hauschka this past week, mm-hmm. which I have mixed feelings about. I loved Steven Hauschka while he was here. It was great to have him here. Yep. I'm excited to see that the Bills are going in a different direction. Yeah. As far as kicking goes, because obviously Steven Hauschka was a little inconsistent last year. Sounds like he was a little inconsistent in the scrimmage, too, missing one extra point out of the two that he attempted. Yep. And I think that was the the, yeah. the nail, the final nail in the coffin. He was definitely struggling towards the end of last year, not only with just field goals, but extra points. He was. Yeah. You didn't know if it was going in or not. Right. And, and it seems like it plagues every team in the league. Yeah. Now yeah. And we, extra points. We spoke that if they were going to keep Bass and Hauschka, that Bass was probably going to be held as one of those four exempt guys who can't be signed to other teams. Right. Uh, but it looks like the Bills just want a direction. They're going with it. They're making their decision. And this is it. Tyler Bass is the new kicker. For the Buffalo Bills, uh, during the scrimmage, he went two for two on extra point. Yep. The only difference he had with Hauschka was that he was actually given three field goal opportunities and Hauschka was given zero. House money missing the one extra point was just the nail, you know. Yeah. Like the final nail in the coffin. But it sucks. Bass hit a 41-yarder with the wind. He hit a 43-yarder against the wind. And he missed wide left on a 55-yarder against the wind. So, okay. But he had plenty of leg on it, apparently. Okay. Uh, so, I'm like you said, I'm excited that they're going in a different direction. I think Bass, I mean, we've seen all the videos. The kid can kick it 60 yards with two steps, and, you know, he's got all the talent in the world. Yeah. And I think just a little bit of confidence and knowing that the organization is behind is behind you, you can just clear your mind of a competition, just work on your craft, work on what you're doing, and become as consistent a kicker as you can because kickers are going to get paid eventually in this league. Uh, big money. Big I, money I don't know about big money, but. I, I'm thinking a kicker could make, you know, six, seven mil a year, man. If you get a good one, like the the Ravens kicker there, uh, T- uh, Justin Tucker, dude, that that guy's money, yeah, from sixty yards out, and a field goal could determine whether you even make it to the playoffs or you make it to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. Right, We've seen it numerous times. Vinatieri, right. you know, it, kickers, Gostowski, yeah, man, yeah. kickers are definitely a necessity in this league now with all these analytics and. All this game prep that teams do, three points literally could be the game. So now, how do you feel about Hauschka on like a personal level getting cut? I feel bad for him. I do too. Uh, I feel like him and his wife have always been good to the community. Have always donated when they could. Have always done above and beyond what a player is asked to do. Uh, but he's a very professional. I mean, he's a very professional player. Yes, everything he does, he does with the intent to be the best he can possibly be. Uh, it's just really unfortunate that it came down probably to dollars and cents. I mean, I had a feeling that when we took a kicker in the sixth round, he was going to be our kicker. Yeah. Uh, you're saving a couple million and you're getting a younger guy for four years at a discount price who could potentially do the same thing, if not more. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I, I liked Stephen Hauschka a lot as a person. I think, he was, yeah. I think he was great to the community. I think he, him and his wife just seemed like genuinely good people. Yeah. and. I always like to see good people come out on top pers- yeah. on a personal level. So it kind of sucks that he's not here anymore. But at the same time, I understand the direction that the team's trying to go. And I'm not going to bash the team for cutting a guy who I wish would stick around just for personal reasons. Right, right. And I, you know, like we said before, man, we 
Bills fans are different. We have a whole bunch of passion, not only for the team on a, on a winning scale and everything that we, we grow to love our players and that it's just hard to see a good dude get cut. Unfortunately, it's just, it's the direction we need to go in order to fulfill our needs and wants to make it to a Super Bowl. Apparently, And you know, what's going to happen now is that if this kid misses a big kick, which I'm sure he's gonna at some point because yeah. everybody misses. Everybody a big misses. Kick. Yes, but fans are gonna lose their mind and say Hauschka would have never missed that, or Hauschka's Hausch money from there. Like, what, what are we doing here? Why why did we even cut Stephen Hauschka to begin with? Well, I'm not gonna lie. At the end of last year, a lot of people were calling for him to be cut anyway. Right. You know, he was really struggling with extra points and everything. But I don't think this is the last of Hausch money. I think. He's going to get signed by another team. He's been a great veteran in this league for a while now. He's made some big kicks. And maybe just a new scenery will will help him out and clear his head and a new opportunity could make yeah. him the kicker he was. And speaking of, you know, players that we love, we hope the best for Hauschka. Some very sad news came out of the football world. Ryan Fitzpatrick, mother, passed. And, you know, I know it's not Bill's news, but that dude, great character, great personality. Uh, gave his all while he was here in Buffalo, and I yep. just wanted to pass on my condolences to him and his family. I know he probably doesn't listen to this show, but it, may, <laughs> it makes me feel better knowing that at least I'm thinking of him and his family. I know what it's like to go through a loss. and Yeah, and obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick was a, a big part of the Bills organization yep. for a few years, and it's unfortunate. Anybody to lose their mother, I, I feel wholeheartedly for them. Like It's it's got to be horrible. I, I know I don't know it on a personal level and i hope that i never do right i know that i'm gonna eventually but i hope that i never personally experienced that i can't imagine what this guy's going through yep and it's got to be hard and I, my condolences my condolences go out to the fitzpatrick family also yep. thoughts and prayers and but yeah guys i want to thank you for tuning into yet another episode here at the binge send ryan your love and support i'm sure you'd appreciate it greatly Graham, you got anything for him? Yeah, guys, you guys can hit us up at Woodbine underscore sports on Instagram. Also, tune into the Woodbine Sports podcast every Wednesday. Make sure you're searching Woodbine Sports on your Spotify, your Apple, and your Google Podcasts. Don't forget to search Buffalo Binge on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts also. And I just want to say thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It's a real pleasure doing this for you guys. I've been getting a lot of great feedback from a few people. I I, I love Jake Vitimo hitting me up. I love Max Hartnett hitting me up. Dave Congdon, I appreciate you guys all giving me your guys' ideas on what we're doing. And, and the support has been great. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You know, football is right around the corner. Week one is only so far away. You can almost touch it and smell it. But before then, make sure you're responsible. Love everybody. And as always, binge on. Binge on.